The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome into the BGN Instant Reaction Show. The Eagles emerge victorious on a Thursday night in a game that, I don't know about you, it had me a little bit on the edge of my seat in the first half, a sloppy first half. The Eagles going to half tied 14-14 to with the Texans, uh, but they outscore the Texans, what was it, 15-3 to in the second half, so they win 29-17. to uh, I'm joined today on the post-game show with Rachel by Rachel. I can't talk. It's <laughs> late. We should be in bed right now, but we're celebrating another Eagles victory, 8-0. Rachel, how are you feeling about the game today? This was an interesting – it was ugly. It was uglier than we thought. I walked into this game expecting it to be an easy blowout, you know, and that's not what we got at all. So I was very, very confused. I think a lot of us at halftime were like, what is going on? Like, what – this is not the Eagles. And so it was kind of frustrating, but then it was nice. I think once, like, CJGJ got that interception that was in the third quarter, like, I think that that was, like, a momentum shift for the Eagles. So that was nice. We, We were able to capitalize and get that touchdown off of that. Um, so then the second half, I was able to breathe, but the first half was just ugly. Yeah, I, I broke a personal rule to never bet on double-digit spreads, and I took the Eagles thir- plus or minus 13 and a half. And so we're, we're grumpy right now that the Eagles didn't cover a game that they should have. But, you know, you, you saw it, it was sloppy football in the first half, particularly from the defense. Uh, the offense looked good. They had four drives in the first half, two touchdowns. Uh, obviously the fumble on the snap miscue, which maybe it's worth talking about at this point. We've seen that several times this season, the exchange between Hertz and Jason Kelsey, but pick up chunk plays killed with a fumble. And then you, of course you had the missed field goal right before half. So the Eagles offense was moving the ball. The problem was I didn't expect the Texans offense to be moving the ball on the Eagles defense and they seemed to do it at will. So fortunately able to tighten it up there, but, uh, let, let's let's talk about the defense first so we can end on a positive note and talk about the offense because that's always more fun to go out on top. But the Eagles felt Jordan Davis being gone. Like yeah. we talked about this week, how were they going to respond? Were they, you know, were they going to be able to make do without Jordan Davis in there? And all of the answers that they tried in the first half, they just didn't work. They tried to put uh, Marvin Wilson at the nose tackle. They tried Marlon Tuipolotu. Uh, they tried three defensive tackles across that with Milton Williams in the mix. And 
It just didn't work. There was room to run for days from Damian Pierce. And, and then even when they would plug holes, it was just poor tackling. And we've seen that poor tackling all season. The most egregious example was Chauncey Gardner-Johnson just throwing a shoulder at Pierce instead of wrapping him up in the, at the third level. But uh, a rough, rough first half from the Eagles' run defense. And it wasn't great in the second half, uh, but at least they were able to clamp down a little bit. I saw that in the first half, they gave up 98 rushing yards. And so all over Twitter, everybody was talking about Jordan Davis not being there like you talked about. And you guys talked about this on the EPA podcast earlier this week. Like, what was it going to be like? And we saw in today, like today's game, like his absence was definitely there. Like they felt they didn't feel that presence for sure. So that was kind of disappointing. And it's going to be kind of scary to see like what happens because he's going to be, you know, missing for a couple more games and the Texans out of all of these upcoming opponents, like is not the team you should be worried about. So what happens moving forward, like looking at the remainder of the schedule, knowing that he's going to be missing, like that's scary to think about. Yeah. They have 10 days to figure it out before they play the commanders. So they have a little bit of a mini buy and, Mm-hmm. The commanders aren't the most threatening team on the ground, but then then it's Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. So they're going to have to figure out some answers fast. Um, you know, I, I didn't understand. The Eagles were so committed to staying in nickel personnel with light boxes. And you saw them start to crowd the box a little bit more, but I just don't understand when Davis Mills is the opposing quarterback. And I, I, I'm about as big of a football degenerate as there is. And I couldn't name a receiver for the Texans coming into this game because Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins were both out. So Philip Dorsett is their leading receiver looking at the box score here. But I couldn't have told you that before the game. I don't understand why they were so committed to playing light boxes, inviting the run. Like this seems like a game that you would want to stack the box and the Eagles just don't want to play football that way. Not at all. And I don't want to jump into it, but I just saw a little peek of like the three word reactions and I'm seeing a lot of Jordan Davis talk. So we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to yeah. It, if anything, I know there were some people that were disappointed with the Jordan Davis selection in the draft going all the way back then. Uh, I was a big Jordan Davis proponent during the draft, but a lot of people were not happy with that selection. And tonight just showed you how important he is for the way that Jonathan Gannon wants to play defense. It's so important to have that guy that can step in and he can solve that numbers game for you. When you want to play light boxes, you need someone that can command double teams and fight through them. And that's Jordan Davis. And they don't have another guy like that. And most teams wouldn't, but it's going to be important for them to be able to adjust that philosophy over the next couple of weeks. There were so many problems that we saw, like, yes, we touched on Jordan Davis as well and like him not being there and what happened, but just looking in the comments, we saw a couple back-to-back plays where uh, Jordan Mailata got beat and two big sacks. Like that was pretty disappointing to see. Also um, earlier in the game, I'm trying to think of, we already talked about Damian Pierce. It was just bad. It was just overall the missed uh, field goal. We hadn't seen that. Had we seen that this season? No, no. So, I don't think so. How long was that field goal? I, I did I not write that down. I didn't write that down. I just wrote that it was missed. <laughs> so, there were so many like question marks, so many problems from today's game. But what did you see from those back? Well, it wasn't back to back, but it was early in the second half with Jordan Mailata. It, it was a 54 yard field goal attempt. So it wasn't a short one, but okay. definitely 
one that he could have made. Um, I, I tweeted out at halftime, the Eagles are putting up on a master class of how to lose to a bad football team. You have the fumble, uh, you have special teams miscues, you have an inability to stop the run. But yeah, you mentioned Jordan Mailata. I, I was wondering, like, you know, he's been banged up this season. Is he just hurt? I didn't know what's going on. But then we saw Jerry Hughes just completely beat Lane Johnson later down near the goal line, and Hertz was able to get out of that. But I don't know if Jerry Hughes was just – he was reading the cadence. I don't know what, what it was, but Jerry Hughes, he had an outstanding game. So um, you would like to see the offensive tackles play better. But in a way, it makes me feel better about Mylotta that that he got Lane Johnson too. So uh, I, I'm interested to go back into that or to hear if they're saying anything after the game. But I, I wonder if he wasn't on the snap count or something at that point. I have no idea. And I guess like Jeremiah was mentioning, like the short week, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe he was dealing with some type of injury, but that's also going to be something like to monitor as we move forward. Um, what were that we already kind of touched on like the negatives, but what were some of the positives that you took away from this game? Uh, I thought Jalen Hurts played a really good game. Uh, he ends 21 to 27 for 243 yards and two touchdowns. I uh, did take four sacks. You know, as we mentioned, two of them, Jordan Mailata got beat very quickly. Um, I'm, I don't remember the fourth one off the top of my head, but so he took some sacks. A lot of those, it's not like he was holding onto the ball, running into sacks. The run game was going really, honestly, everything the offense tried worked aside from the, that sack killing drives and the fumble early in the game. And this is not the first time that we've seen some miscommunications between Jalen Hurts and Jason Kelsey when it comes to the snap. This time, I'm almost certain it was on Kelsey because uh, Quez Watkins was the only other guy on the offense that moved. The entire offensive line wasn't moving. Um, so I, I don't know what's going on with them. There was another one that when they ran the verticals route, I think the broadcast pointed it out when they ran the verticals out of the nub set and he hit Dallas Goddard. That, that snap came early, too. It hit him in the chest, and he caught it off of the rebound. He wasn't ready for it. So uh, there's something going on there that they need to work out. It's kind of become an issue. But I, I'm never concerned about the offense with Hurts. He, he has two fumbles in this game. Obviously, one of them is getting hit from behind pretty instantly by a blitzer. The other one was a really good play by the defensive back to strip that ball out. And Jason Kelsey atoning for previous sins, I guess, is right there to fall on the ball. So uh, the offense, I thought, played really well tonight. There were a couple plays. Like, I don't think when it comes to, like, accuracy, this was Jalen Hurts' best game either because there were some balls that were, like, just super low or maybe just, like, off target. They weren't aren't on target. And so it, it is always nice to see, you know, just knowing the type of person that he is, that he can – you know, forget about that play and keep moving forward. But this wasn't his best performance by by any means. And it just sucks yeah, he, against a bad team. Yeah, he was, he was pretty fortunate that that one wasn't intercepted that went off of A.J. Brown's hand. Now, it would have been remarkably bad luck if it went from high instead of going out of bounds to getting tipped back into the safety. So it would have been a bad luck interception. But yeah. uh, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll never get a straight answer mm -hmm. because Jalen Hurts will say it, that – he's got to be better no matter how you phrase the question. But yeah. if you could put like truth serum in Jalen Hurts, I wonder if he wanted Brown, he thought Brown was going to get further up the sideline there, or if it was truly just a high ball. I, I don't know. And we'll never know, but yeah. uh, 
Brown definitely wanted to sit in that zone or in that soft spot in the zone. And I don't know if Hertz wanted to get him further up the sideline or if it was just a bad throw. Yeah. There. Don't, don't place the blame. You know, don't forget about the short week. I like that. I mean, I'm going to go take a look at Twitter and see, cause I know that Twitter has been doing really, really good these past few weeks because we really haven't had anything to complain about. So this is probably one of the first games, honestly, that it's like going rampant. I've been seeing my notifications going crazy. So, I told you there it is, Miss yeah. Gordon Davis. I would imagine we're gonna have a lot of a lot of there's been a lot of negativity that's been bottled up yes. from Twitter this season that probably has a chance to pour out tonight. Because last week we were struggling, like I could I didn't really see anything, but this week so far, I already see the did you see the meme that uh Ben Solak asked somebody to create <laughs> yeah. a little frame? That's like the first thing I saw. Um, I need Tums, Miss Jordan Davis anemic looking eagle so this is a straight off negative already off rip uh <laughs> why me worry um stop the run defense got pierced so this is pretty yeah what we expected you know after this type of performance yeah uh anybody giving some love to javon hargrave out there because javon hargrave definitely deserves some love he if you if you look back to last Sunday, he's got five sacks in the last five days. That's just crazy. Uh, had two sacks, six pressures against the Steelers. He got three sacks, three tackles for loss tonight. Uh, he's playing like a guy that might want to get a contract extension to stay in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I haven't seen anything yet. Um, I do have a question for you because you guys also touched on this on the EPA podcast. So if you don't listen to that, make sure you guys tune in to the EPA podcast during the week. You guys were talking about how with CJ, GJ, it's more so like a, it can be, he's doing his job as safety, but being in the right place at the right time. Is that mm -hmm. still the case with like his interception tonight or like, what's up with, what do you think about him? Chauncey Gardner Johnson. He, he is living right. He's doing something right because He's had several interceptions that were tipped and he was there. Like he continues to make interceptions that are the result of a really good play by somebody else, yeah. but he's also making some tough catches laying out for these. So yeah. uh, he's kind of got some wide receiver skills in the backfield. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, I think he's, he's playing well. He's definitely improved over the season. I'm anxious to get into like the all 22 for this week and see, Coverage wise, because that's so hard to see on broadcast, the tackling still atrocious, but uh, he continues to make big plays. Five, five interceptions in eight games. That's just crazy. Crazy. He's been balling out of his mind. Uh, yeah, this comment's very true. The Phillies game isn't helping. Yeah, the isn't helping Phillies mood. I, I wondered if there would be some spillover from that as well. So it, it's just the perfect storm. It's brewing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I just looked up at the score. Okay. But, you know, at least the Eagles got the win. It wasn't the best win that we wanted to see, but a win is a win, so all you can do is keep moving forward. Yeah, when, when you go on the road on a short week and you get a win. And Jordan Davis it, missing. Yeah, and you come out of the game without injury. And that's really all you can ask for. So you're trying to make schematic adjustments on a short week going across the country. You get out with the win. You can take a breath, and you can figure it out. So – um, you know, I, I hate the whole trap game discourse. Every time the Eagles are good, it's like we ask if every game is a trap game. And I'm not a big trap game person, but it's always tough to go on the road on a short week. And so the Eagles did it. 
It was sloppy in the first half. I thought they cleaned up a lot of things in the second half. I mean, they still didn't pile on the points, but the defense started to shut down the Texans. Not shut down, but they got some turnovers. They got some stops. Um, And aside from some blown pass protection reps, the offense still looked good. They were able to run the football. Um, A lot went wrong for the Eagles in this game. They still came out with a win on the road. So that's really all you can ask for on a short week. At points, there were times where I questioned, like, why – like, it made it look like the Texans were a better team than they actually are. But I think that was more so, like, the Eagles shooting themselves in the foot. Like, they were just making mistakes. So, at the same time, even though – if you look at the score, it was like, wow, like, the Texans kind of held their own. But, uh, you know, like, it's a little win at the end of the day, and um, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, and – Jonathan Gannon is going to catch a lot of heat on Twitter this week from people. And he bears his portion of the blame, but he made adjustments in the second half. And even in reality, in the first half, there were a lot of guys missing tackles. There were a lot of defensive linemen getting washed out of their assignments. So there's some things schematically that he could have done differently. And he did in the second half, Uh, but Ultimately, your players just have to make plays. So a lot of that blame needs to go on the missed tackling, which has been an issue all year. And we've talked about it. That's something that you hope would get better as the season goes along. It doesn't appear to have, so it might just be here to stay. Something's got to give. Big Dallas Goddard game, though. That was also something that we called on the EPA podcast. The 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 zone coverage that the Texans like to play, the RPO game, it felt like a big Dallas Goddard game to me. He gets eight receptions for 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, A.J. Brown still gets a touchdown because mm-hmm. he's just going to get one every week, I guess. Yeah. Uh, saw Quez Watkins get involved with his 25 yards. He's now over 100 yards on the season. So What about Smitty? I didn't see like where he finished today. He had... Two targets, two receptions for 22 yards with a long of 22. So he had the one screen that was blown up. Um, I think it was Goddard that wasn't able to get out and get the block, and then he had a 22-yard catch later. So he hasn't been as involved the last couple weeks, but I don't think he cares, and nobody really should as long as he doesn't care and the offense is humming. Yeah. I mean, it looks like they're having fun, you know, when they're out there, so I wouldn't get that vibe, but. Did you see the, and this isn't related to this game, but I just saw it today. Did you see the NFL films clip of them giving A.J. Brown a hard time on the sideline of the Steelers game after he got run down by Minka? No, but I feel like I heard someone mention this. Yeah, so I think it was Devontae Smith was sitting by him, and Zach Paschal comes up and is making fun of him about getting caught from behind, and he's like, yeah, I I thought I was faster than you, but now I know it after I watched you run, and they're like, arguing back and forth and then they fight right as they finish somebody else walks up I don't remember who it was and it's like man I thought you were faster than that oh man <laughs> I feel like I yeah somebody mentioned this because that sounds very familiar yeah you, you need to go you need to go look at it yeah. it was on the NFL films timeline but it's pretty funny and okay you can see I mean you can see the fun that they're having so win- winning cures all I, I don't think anybody's going to be upset about target share as long as the team's winning and they're having a good time doing it. So I'm not concerned about that at all. I, I would like to see him get more involved, but yeah. that may or may not be for fantasy football reasons. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, I'm trying to see if I see anything else. I'm not really seeing anything else that's like super crazy on Twitter. Mm-mm. Yeah. The the only other thing I I'll really say on the defense is I thought that, um, oh, 
what's I'm, I'm blanking. What's the name of the defensive end we just traded for? Um, um, wow. Quinn. Yes. Robert Quinn. It's late. You guys, uh, <laughs> I thought he had a couple of really good plays. Uh, I don't think he logged any tackles, but he had a couple of really good plays in run defense, kind of setting the edge, mm-hmm. uh, which is not necessarily something he's known for. So on a day where it was really difficult for the Eagles to stop the run, it is nice to have an edge that was stepping up and making some plays to force runs back inside. Now, yeah, it'd be more helpful if there were linebackers there to make tackles when it was forced back inside. But uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Robert Quinn for hey. a couple of good plays and run and run defense. Yeah. And it's still early for him. Cause I don't think we really saw too much uh, in the Steelers game. I don't remember us like talking about him by any means uh, on the BGN, uh radio with Jimmy and BLG, they were just saying it like, it's not fair to grade him yet because it's still so early, which is fair. Um, yeah. You know, kudos to him. Yeah. He had like, I think he played like 20 snaps in the Steelers game. He had, I think he had two pressures. So, I mean, he was out there, but not playing a lot, still getting his feet wet. I would imagine that you will see more uh, for him and more from him after the little mini buy here on Monday night. So what do you think is going to be looking like moving forward with this schedule, with the upcoming schedule? Do you think that this was kind of just like, yeah, it is what it is. Like we shouldn't really all go up in flames because the Texans, right? No, no, not at all. Like short week on the road, you get the win. That's really all that matters. They can recoup now. They they get an extra even day from a normal Thursday night game because they're Monday night against the Commanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Commanders don't have a lot of a running game, and the pass rush should just destroy the Commanders' offensive line. Although Carson Wentz not playing, that will help their offensive line uh, because Taylor Heineke is less prone to just standing there and taking sacks. Right. <laughs> Then they go to the Colts to face Sam Ellinger, and they're a pretty poor offensive line. Ellinger's mobile, at least. but And then you get the Packers, the Titans, the Giants. You start to get into the meat of the schedule there. But the next couple of weeks, they should have some time to figure it out. You know, Hopefully they get Jordan Davis back for the Titans game. That would be the first week he's eligible to come off of IR. I wouldn't count on that. But they'll at least have some time to experiment and figure some things out. So. I, ha- I have faith in Gannon and the defense to figure it out, the adjustments he was making on the fly here. I mean, because you think about he's known for four days that Jordan Davis wasn't going to play, but but you can only theorize about what's going to happen. It's not like the Eagles are doing full contact practices here with Miles Sanders and the whole offensive line. So he can schematically think Marvin Wilson can take over this nose tackle role. And you can't really know for sure it's not going to work until he's getting run out of the way. So now they know, now they adjust. And to be honest, we probably trial and error early in the, in the commander's game again, because they're still not going to go full contact in practices. So uh, you survive, you move on, you eliminated one thing that didn't work and we'll see what they come back with next week. We didn't even really touch on like Miles Sanders. Um, it was nice to see like Kenny Gamewell get a touchdown. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He had the touchdown. Um, but Miles Sanders, like he looked pretty good as well. Yeah, he looked good as a runner. Uh, he had a touchdown as well. Mm-hmm. He, he was rough in pass protection, though. I gave I gave Sanders some praise on the EPA pod for his pass protection last week, but <laughs> he blew a couple this week. Um, so I, I'll have to go back and watch. But I, I saw at least two live that he just totally blew on pass protection. Yeah. I've got a comment here. Jake, from what I've heard, the Eagles prefer to allow teams to run on them because it burns clock and gets less yards than passing. That There's an element of that. Um, 
I tell people that the Eagles run defense is bad by design. It, it's designed that way because they want to play uh, with two safeties over the top and they want to play nickel personnel. So they're light personnel, light packages. Uh, they want you to run the ball on them. And that makes sense until you're playing Davis Mills and the Texans minus their top two receivers. I would like to see them adjust out of that some, but it's not so easy. You even heard on the broadcast, they talked about the touchdown that AJ Brown caught was against single high for the Texans. And they don't do that often. And the, the announcers were saying that there's just not a lot of reps. They are not, they're not well practiced at doing that. Not good at passing those routes off. There's an element of that too, where it's not just so easy to snap your fingers and say, okay, we're a single high team now mm -hmm. uh, because it's just not what you're used to doing. So maybe they'll put some more work into that over the extra days they have. And we'll see some of that. I don't think you're going to need it against the commanders though, but it would be something to, to work on a little bit. All right. Well, I think that's about all I have to say about this game right now. Rachelle, do you have anything else on Twitter that you need to throw out here or any other things that you want to point out? Take one less scroll through. Um, I feel like I've touched on everything that I've seen in the comments. Like, shout out to everybody in the comments. We appreciate you guys, appreciate you guys like tuning in. Um, any other questions or comments? Let us know. But yeah, no, I've touched on everything that I've seen. So shout out to Hassan Reddick too. He had a diving pass breakup down at the goal line there there near the end of the game. So that that's nice to see from a guy you don't want to drop into coverage a lot. It's nice to know that he can make some plays when he has to. All right. Well, that will about do it then for the Eagles instant reaction show. The Eagles move on to 8 and 0. It wasn't always pretty. In fact, it was sloppy for a majority of the game, but they go on the road on the short week, they get the win. And now they have 10 days to get ready for a huge Monday night matchup against the suddenly resurgent Washington Commanders. So uh, keep it tuned here to BGN Radio. We'll have lots of shows over the next 10 days, breaking down this game a little more in depth, getting you ready for the Washington Commanders game. Uh, so for me and from Rachelle, thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next week.